Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. everybody what is up welcome to in soccer we trust with your favorite former u.s men's national team players i'm jimmy conrad alongside charlie davies and eventually heath pierce when he shows up he's being fashionably late that's why we call him hollywood heath if you ever see heath pierce in real life you gotta call him hollywood because he earns that nickname now charlie we are 90 minutes away for qualifying for a world cup and playing in the big dance for the first time since 2014 how excited are you for it i'm pumped i mean we, we saw what 2018 did to everyone, did to the world uh, of, of U.S. soccer, right? So I think from my standpoint, it's like we're, we're getting back to where we, we need to go, right? And so the, the, the development continues, the, the push for, I think, the U.S. men's national team to now make some noise at the World Cup and gain that experience. So when 2026 comes, we're in a great position with – you know, professionals who have had a number of, of experience, whether it's, you know, playing internationally or playing uh, for their clubs and, and doing well. So I think the pool is just getting bigger and more dynamic. So it's exciting. Yeah, there's a part of me that wants to jump in and say and, and like look ahead to the World Cup, but we're not there yet. And that leads right. me to a conversation, Charlie, where U.S. soccer, someone at U.S. soccer gave a banner to the players in Orlando that said qualified on it when we're not technically qualified. Now, we're so close. I mean, Costa Rica has to beat us by six goals, and there has to be some crazy math for that to happen. But we could say back in 2018, we were also very close to, you know, it being almost impossible for us not to qualify, and we didn't qualify. So what, what do you think about U.S. soccer giving out that banner that said qualified when when we're not actually there yet? Well, they they know they made a mistake there. It's mm-hmm. That would be official. They know you, you can't do that. That's that is not a, a good omen. But I will tell you this: to be to be beat by six zero in Costa Rica. Now in in two thousand nine, we were we were down three nil, and uh, you know we were we were running like like crazy, and, and it was not even close. They just they just capitalized on every chance they had almost. It's not crazy for them to get up 
three, four, zero. If the, if everything goes right for them, mm-hmm. you throw in a red card, you throw in a couple injuries, anything's possible. That's why we play the game. But to lose by six goals, I mean, the chances I, of that are, are very unlikely. I agree. We've only given up eight goals through the first 13 games of this octagonal phase. Now we're going to welcome in Hollywood Heath Pierce, who's fashionably yeah. late. As I said, hey. hey, Heath, how are you? How are you doing? Hey. Guys. We got to stop with this multi-time zone thing because I had this in my oh, calendar okay. at 2 yeah, p.m. Yeah. Pacific time and <laughs> blocked off. Uh, we've been jumping it around. I apologize for being late, but uh, just to jump in on that note, I agree that that was a that was a mistake by by U.S. Soccer more than anything. I don't think there was any reason to hand that out other than the fact that they had like two banners. One is one said "Thank you, fans," which is another banner that I think we should discuss. Of just could it? Can we not get a more creative phrase than "thank you, fans"? Uh, uh, instead of the uh, how about, like, how about it's, suck it haters? We could yeah, suck it haters. Like, and Paul Ariola, Paul Ariola could be holding that one. You yeah, I mean? like it's just one that says "thank you, fans." I think <laughs> if you go over to the fans and you thank them, that's inherently what you're doing. Uh, we could probably add a different uh, slogan, but maybe that was the only other one they had when they realized that they put up the qualified one. And you know what it's like. I've I've grabbed things before and you just hold it up and then you realize like someone was playing a joke with like whatever it said on the <laughs> sign, you know, and things like that. Uh, so I think that was just a, a mistake and an oversight that obviously for U.S. soccer is 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 a little bit embarrassing um, or very embarrassing, I think. And I don't think the U.S. was in that position to be like arrogant or confident knowing that like like in your face we've qualified already. Um, but yeah. I mean, we're, we're close, and, and I get why there might be some energy around that, especially because it was such an emphatic win, and, and we played well, and everything was going right for us. Why not? Yeah, just let him walk around with a banner. No big deal. But I do think that there could be some ripple effects to that type of decision, and it just doesn't look good. So, yeah, so I agree with both of you. I'd say it's more just disrespectful. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not so much, oh, we, we I think everyone thinks they're going to qualify. Mm-hmm. But it's not official. It's just disrespectful to Costa Rica. It's, it's a little disrespectful to, to everybody. And I think we have a little bit more class than that and dignity. And I think mm-hmm. we have to finish the job first, especially coming after 2018. Not, nothing's set in stone, right, until it's set in stone. Hey, you know Charlie, what, by the way, Jimmy, is Charlie wearing a crushed velvet jacket right now? Is that a like? You is know that what? A he can wear whatever he wants. He's Charlie Goddamn Davis. Is that, is that a juicy couture jacket you got on right now, Charlie? And a Paramount Plus hood, uh, <laughs> beanie on. So I, I, he's got it's all working for him right now. But but what I wanted to say is, you know what would have been bold if we would have ran around after the second game when we drew one one with Canada wearing with a qualified. <laughs> I want us to do that next time. Just just be. You know what? We know we got this. We're so good. We're just gonna do qualified after the second game of qualifying. Of course, in 2026, we get an automatic bid because for the host. Now, before we break down this Costa Rica game, this big one that's coming up, and obviously there's a lot of implications, not only for us, but all the other nations that are competing. Uh, maybe not all of them, but uh, there's some intrigue there. We'll break down those games as well. We've been in a giving mood lately, and on last night's USA versus Panama recap, we gave viewers the chance, just like you, uh, a chance to win a $100 Paramount Plus gift card, a, a subscription. And I want to give a congratulations. We have a winner, Jose Rodriguez. He was the lucky winner. Now, Producer Dez has already contacted you with the details on how to redeem your prize. And you get to enjoy one of the biggest catalogs of live and on-demand content known to mankind. I'm talking Woke Up Qualifiers, Champions League, Europa League, Serie A, NWSL, NFL, movies, series, college basketball, the new Halo series. It's all popping off. Now, if you didn't win, don't worry. We're going to continue to give you the goods. But it would help 
so that you have a better chance if you hit like and subscribe and do that right now. And then obviously, if you're listening to this in podcast form, hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review. I feel like you're going to butter us up if you're leaving us five-star reviews. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just saying, you know, kindness, kindness goes a long way. So we're going to do uh, another one here. But you have to put P plus in the comments and put your social media handle. Okay, the at sign without the at sign, though, don't include the at sign, just your social media handle, Instagram or Twitter to be entered to win. So make that happen right now. We'll announce uh, the winner after the Costa Rica U.S. game. All right, boys, let's break down this game that we're talking about. We have a six goal cushion. Heath, I'm going to come to you first. The U.S. only given up eight goals in their 13 games, pretty stout defensively. So before we get into lineups, per se, let's just talk about what doesn't matter who we throw out. I don't think we're going to lose by six goals. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, from a Costa Rica perspective, I should throw out there as well that they have a lot of players. I'm hearing nine players that if they get one more yellow card, they'll miss out on that intercontinental playoff, which could be against Solomon Islands or New Zealand, but we're all thinking the Kiwis are going to do it. If you're the manager of Costa Rica, do you even take that risk and maybe risk any of those players? Cause you don't want to miss out on that eventuality. And they should really just be proud Costa Rica for even getting to this point because they were left for dead for a while. Really been struggling to score goals, but have won five out of the last six, put themselves in this spot. They've already guaranteed fourth because Panama's now out. That is an accomplishment in itself. So what do you do if you're Costa Rica? And and do you think they even try to go for six goals? I've got a lot of questions intertwined here. You yeah. can go first. Uh, I, first of all, as the foremost expert on Oceania qualifying, <laughs> uh, New Zealand only beat Tahiti 1-0, and it took them to the second half to do that. So it's sure, not going to sure, be sure. as easy as we think. Uh, there is a great leveler in uh, any any of these one-off playoffs. But um, that, that's a lot of complications that you just ex- d- uh, described, Jimmy, in terms of the potential for suspension, which seems a little unfair, uh, but I guess it makes sense that they have one more game, whereas like Tyler Adams just had to get through this game and now he can play the last one and it resets for, for the, the World Cup. That that playoff sort of seems a little bit unfair that you have these players in danger. Having said that, that plays to the U.S. advantage, and there's not a lot. I, they kind of have to know that there's not a lot to gain from that because if they, for Costa Rica to try to score six, at a certain point, the U.S. can just leave a bunch of players up and just go and score one. Mm-hmm, and for mm-hmm. every two you score, you give up one type of thing, taking the risk. That I, I, I think that they're a little bit smarter than that, that knowing there is an opportunity. It is possible to score six, but... The odds of that are, are really risen. Having said that, I've been down there. I, I watched the 2009 one from the sidelines. I was in the stands. Uh, didn't make the, the the game day roster for that game. And it was, as Charlie mentioned, it was a long day. And it was start to finish, never ending, where Costa Rica just looked so good. Now, I don't think it was six goals good or anywhere close to six goals good. Because that's a, that's a beating. Like, to, 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 like, the way the U.S. beat Panama... And could have had more. Like, that was a pretty one-way. And this, the U.S., no matter who they put out, I don't think would ever be exposed that much. Considering the circumstances that Panama were in and had to take right. risks, I just don't see a world in which that could happen. So the team that they roll out, uh, I could see being a balanced squad, maybe not their best, or risking – I don't think they risk any of these players that – if they're there – if they might have nine. So say six of them are probably starters, right, Jimmy? Or were nine mm-hmm. of the 11 starters, like, their best team uh, in potential for suspension? I would guess that nine – could be maybe five or six of them. Sure, sure. I, I just don't see why you start them and risk them for the game that it's actually the most important game uh, for your World Cup qualification campaign. Yeah, so Charlie, you were played in that game against Costa Rica in 2009. Obviously, as you mentioned, very difficult. Uh, I've been down there. I didn't get to play against Costa Rica in Costa Rica 
at any point. So that's a little bit disappointing for me. I have a little bit of regret. But I did go down there and play against Saprisa in the CONCACAF Champions League. And that is very difficult. Now, sure, maybe club fans are a little bit different than national team fans. But it's super intense. And they put you on surfaces that aren't ideal. And they're trying to gain any advantage that they can. But this one seems like both teams kind of know what the deal is here. I don't know if we're going to see that same type of intensity that maybe you were under. Uh, give us some of your playing experience of, of being down in Costa Rica. Well, the, all the fans are, are behind this team. And we talked about Azteca having that, that added bonus when you talk about the pressure from the, from the fans and supporters. It's right on top of you. And most players don't react, right, in, in the positive way. With this team, it's the same, same way. The whole country gets behind them. Mm-hmm. And they play to a whole nother level above what they're used to because mm-hmm. of the fans. And the surface was was turf. It was bumpy. It was it wasn't the best surface. And they could just run at you, and they were relentless. They also had, you know, Sabarillo, who who I think at his peak was one of the more dominant Concacaf strikers. Mm-hmm. They don't have that now. They had a. I think they had a little. They still. Bit. They stay. They still have that. He's just thirty nine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm surprised he's not starting. To be honest. Yeah. But you know, it, 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 you look at some of the players that they had then, and they're still playing now. So they they still have the, the respect and they have the experience, which I think is not talked about all that all that much. Kaylor Navas, Cecil Borges, and Brian Ruiz is, is that impact player off the bench. He can't give you 90, but he can give you 45. He can give you a solid 30, 40. And so when you have a group of players who know how to get results, especially in CONCACAF, which this team does, that's why this new coach who came in had, had set them up to succeed because he said, we're going to focus defensively. We have Kaylor Navas in goal. And then we're gonna we're go, we don't have any big time you know strikers. We don't have a lot of pace, but we have Joel Campbell who can create goals. He's good on the dribble, it's very small but still strong. He can hold up the ball, and we're gonna capitalize on set pieces. They do that extremely well. So yeah. they play to their strengths, right? This U.S. team going down to Costa Rica, it's not the same environment as it once was. Just like Azteca. They also know that they have the six-goal cushion, but you can't play with that mentality. You have to play the way that they did at Azteca, the way they did at home, play for the win. If you play hey, for the Bruce win, said they got to score goals in that New England game, and that, that went backwards. No, they said, we just got to defend. <laughs> they said, they got to go out and score. We don't have to score. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you have to go score. You have to win the game. And yeah. if you play that way, you're, you're, it's always going to be a close game or you're going to win because they're going to throw so many numbers forward. So I think in this in this atmosphere, the U.S. players will rise to the occasion. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how it goes. I feel like they can come in a lot more relaxed, obviously, because you know at the very, very, very least, you got that fourth spot. You changing a lot of the team, Jimmy? You I don't know. That's a good team? question. I mean, I was going to just... I'm looking at when Costa Rica, Luis Fernando Suarez is his, is his name, the coach Luis Suarez. And he's done a very good job of Lacking, and I just wanted to kind of give some shine to the Ticos here because they've only scored 11 goals in 13 mm-hmm. games. And the fact that they could potentially go into a World Cup with that kind of attacking prowess or lack thereof is pretty impressive. And it really speaks to how well organized they are behind the ball and in their positional play and, and how difficult they are to break down. And obviously they have probably the best goalkeeper in CONCACAF history in their team with Kaylor Navas. So you always have a chance with him between the sticks. So, so I'm kind of curious uh, how they come out. But with all the yellow card stuff, uh, what are they trying to do? What do they want to accomplish out of it? And, and are they going to try to go and beat us by six goals? I mean, they're actually closer to Mexico in goal difference. Mexico is hosting El Salvador. 
they just need to draw. Mexico just needs to draw. They'll probably get it because they can't score either. They've only scored two goals in their last four. So I'm kind of curious. Like, if you can get an early goal, maybe Costa Rica's like, all right, maybe we'll go for a second and see what happens. But if, and we just saw it with the U.S., if you it maybe commit too many numbers, if you're a little bit reckless going forward, we're going to crush you going the other way. We're very good on the counterattack, and we proved that again uh, against Panama. We got some players that can really hurt you. But I don't know. Are you going to start those players? That are going to hurt you? I, I don't really know what Greg Berhalter is going to look to do, but I wouldn't make too many changes just to, for the sake of making changes. Mm-hmm. There's something about keeping the spine of the team intact so that at least there's some consistency in terms of how you want to move as a group, where we're going to hold our lines, all that type of stuff. So Adam, see De La Torre at, again, but, but he jumps at, out at me. At, at a minimum, Jimmy, are you saying that this is not a game to get experience for the team? This is, this is, a, this is still a, like a fundamentally important game. It's not a... Hey, roll out three, four guys who haven't gotten a run yet because you need them to get these games. Or can, do you think there can be a little bit of that uh, balance? I mean, even Charlie, I would love to know your take on that too. Well, I'll go first, Charlie. I'll say that if the World Cup was happening, yeah, if the World Cup was happening soon, I'd be like, let's let's keep rolling out our top eleven guys because we need to know and get, be building that trust and rapport. But also, in a weird way, because of World Cup so far away. I guess you could play some guys here, but I don't want to make too many changes. The time that we did do that against Panama the first time around, we lost 1-0. We just didn't look – we didn't have any flow, any rhythm. It just looked like a bunch of guys that had – sure, they're good, but when you threw them out there, they didn't really have a plan or they didn't execute well on that plan. It's interesting. I'll probably, I bet you we see one center back change. Uh, maybe Yedlin comes back in so you get that experience. Uh, I'm curious to see if Adam starts again. But, but I would honestly just try to see out the first half with a pretty solid team. The fact that we have five subs – I think allows us to potentially get more experience for the, some of those other players in the second half. <laughs> Jimmy's all against the changes. <laughs> I am, dude. It just doesn't hey, hasn't, no. hasn't, hasn't done well for us. I, I think the key word here is balance. I think in a Gio Reyna, in Gio Reyna's instance, you're still having to nurse him back to full health. So mm-hmm. starting him, even though he hasn't started the first two games, you're probably not going to do it because, again, you want to see how he reacts after these first two matches. So I see Timothy Weah coming back into, into the lineup. I see Yedlin coming back in the lineup because mm-hmm. Shaq Moore looked like his hamstring was tweaked at the end of the game. I would not be surprised if Miles Robinson or Walker Zimmerman came off mm-hmm. just because they have played two back-to-back 90s, even though I think they're young enough where they can you know, be good for, for 90 minutes in the third. Luca Delatore for me did enough to warrant another chance. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, I agree. He's someone who can get on the ball, uh, play out of pressure. He's he's calm. Christian Pulisic, I could see him starting again because again we're talking about this is not a given. We're not qualified already. Had we qualified, maybe there would be some more changes. But yeah, the job's sure. not done That's yet. Different. So yeah. I think at. 45, you assess where the game is, and then at 60, if if you have the result or you're in the lead, then you can start to make some of those changes where you're getting some guys' uh, experience and, and minutes. I'll jump back in because I'll say that if you bring when – I, when I say changes, I guess it's just not – making changes just to make changes. If you bring Wei and Yedlin back in, they started against Mexico, so clearly – they know how to play with each other. They know how to play within the system. There's there's that instant chemistry, or maybe not instant chemistry, but developed chemistry between those two. Then I think you probably change out of center back, to your point. I, I could see Aaron Long coming in, maybe with Walker. I just don't think I, – I wouldn't change both center backs. Yeah, then maybe no. George Bellow gets a you know, start. And then I think Acosta could maybe sit in there. He'll go in there and do the job. You give Tyler Adams a little bit of rest or whatever it may be. 
Uh, Musa will probably get a rest. You got De La Torre and, and maybe Gio Reyna can be there. I would like to see it. I mean, there might be, if we're going to take any, any risks I, in terms of partnerships or putting players maybe a little bit of a different spot, I would like to see Gio Reyna at the 10 and have Wea out wide on one side, Pulisic on another. And, and, and I would honestly, if you have a leaning of where you want to go with a number nine, I'd give that number nine another run of minutes. If it's Pepe, is it, if it's Pifok, if it's Ferreira, I think it's going to be Ferreira. I need more valuable minutes with him being in that spot so the guys continue to, uh, this is where he likes to pick up the ball. This is where he sets up in between the center backs. This is where he likes to maybe roll off the back shoulder. All those little things need to happen. And it's hard to replicate that in training, hard to replicate it in friendlies sometimes. But in a game like a World Cup qualifier, it's a different kettle of fish. So maybe Reyna, De La Torre, and Acosta I could see, or if you want Adams there instead of Acosta, there's that. I wouldn't mind seeing Gio come in with Wea and Pulisic and then Ferreira up top. That would be a nice special t- uh, front four that I want to see in a game that that still has some juice on it. Heath? Uh, I'm seeing this comment from Joseph that he loved your point about trying Gio in the false nine. Do you mean false nine as in like where Ferreira is playing as a false nine or false nine as in like a 10 playing under under a a like somebody part of the midfield? Do you mean that as like our high striker? No, no. Well, right now, I would say as a 10, like he'd be part of the yeah. three midfields. But but yeah. what I said last night and in Soccer We Trust, and uh, thank you guys for all your support, hit like and subscribe. I would say that in the false nine, I have him in where the Ferreira spot is because it's some, it seems like the, the ask of our nine is to drop in the midfield. And that only works, though, if you have guys that are running in advance of that. So when Pulisic gets in behind, like we saw against Panama, when, when Tima Wea always does it pretty consistently, gets in behind, that is when it Charlie just hit you with that Dikimbe Mutombo finger. Uh, uh, right be, be, <laughs> no, it, it, was, it wasn't so much at the, the thought that Jesus Ferreira comes and checks in so much. But last night, he made some great runs in behind. Yes, true. It, it was, and it was almost unexpected. Like People are like, oh, he can do that? So when, <laughs> when he did that, though – he started creating so much more space underneath for Christian yeah. Yeah. and 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 for for Gio for Musa. So I think when the more your number nine can do that, and it's it's being unpredictable. Yes, you can check, which is great because you can play the one twos, which you did with Gio in the second half, or to stretch and make runs in behind. You can't be one dimensional. You can't mm-hmm. only just check, and you can't always run deep. So the more you can kind of balance that within the game and have your teammates understand your runs, which I think plays to your point jimmy give him another run mm-hmm. let these guys understand how he plays and if and if he's going to ride this confidence and allow him to keep developing and pushing the limits and reaching his potential then great because we need a nine because no one is really we've we've seen pepe he scored two goals in, in honduras and, and the assist and or against jamaica and the and in the first game when he came back in the second half against honduras his kind of announcement to the world hey i'm here We've seen players have their shining moment, but it's not been consistent. Mm-hmm. So I think for us, it's play the hot hand until someone develops and does it match after match after match. Yeah, I, I will say this. There's two things to this. One, obviously, we've got a lot of comments of people asking where Charlie is. And Charlie, I love what you've done with your house there. That's It's a really nice. Beautiful, beautiful the chandelier in particular. Oh, no, the thing that really does it for me for Charlie's house is it's so big that if you look over Charlie's right shoulder, he's got an exit sign that says where to go. <laughs> like that's, that's an easy way to get lost in a home. It's just like knowing like, hey, I get it. You know, like there's a lot of rooms like this. Like this is the way you want to go in, in case of emergency. Yeah, this post-career stuff is going really well for Charlie. It, it really is. This yeah. is my spring house. So uh, I'm actually, I'm in Paris at, at Versailles. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, you know, in exchange for wearing the Paramount Plus uh, beanie, he gets to live in a house like that. You know what I mean? Life is good. Life is okay. Good. But 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 the, the the point I was trying to, 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 to get at with the number nine, Charlie, and I agree, 
For Pepe, for me, it's just a matter of getting his move. I, I think it's a bad idea where he's at Augsburg. I don't think they survive. Okay, let's see what they do in the summer. But I still don't think it's the right type of club for him. Like you said, when you went to France, when you said it yesterday on, on the pod, you went to a mid-table club, and there was something about that of like saying, you're going to get your chance there. You're not in this, this constant. And, and of course, like any club, that's a mid-table club. A bad run of two months could have you flirting with with uh, with relegation. But you're going mm-hmm. to an established club that that wasn't that. Augsburg has always been an elevator club, and so I think for me, it's just getting him into that situation. You play the hot hand now, and and that should continue. Now, Pfaff had his chance. He's going to be licking his wounds a little bit, not knowing that he had a big op- opportunity to score. But Ferreira, and I'm still not satisfied with Ferreira, but I at least like his output with the team. Like you said, his mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. his willingness to add pieces to his game that makes him more. Uh, dynamic because that's one of the qu- things that we talked about as well is how many pieces can he add in a difficult like Luca De La Torre what can he do in a difficult game and that's why I say give him another run against Costa Rica because I don't think he's going to do more harm than good but we're going to see how dynamic he is in different environments to say what other things can you do when we're not playing at home and the game is open and you're in a comfortable uh, environment against a team that's got to take some risks that helps the team uh, contributes towards the team's success on that day and I think the same for Ferreira in a situation like that no I love that's that no, that's a great point. I, I, I got three things for everybody. The first thing is we're trying to give away a $100 gift card to Paramount Plus. So just put P plus in the comments right now on the YouTubes and put your social media handle. You don't have to put the at sign because that changes things. Don't lose the at sign. Social media handle, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, that'll enter you to win the $100 gift card. We're going to announce the winner of this gift card mm-hmm. after the game against Costa Rica. And uh, make sure you come back for that as well. Hit like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Turn on your notifications so you do not miss that. We want to give away the goods to you. That's first. Second, before we get into our starting lineups that you two want to see ahead of this game or at the game in Costa Rica, I want to talk about Christian Pulisic really quick because there's some fun stats about him. Um, Now that he had this hat trick last night, he's got 21 international goals. He did it in the fewest caps ever to reach 20. Okay, it took him 47 caps to reach 20. At 23, he's the second youngest with 20 U.S. men's national team goals. Landon Donovan was the youngest. He's also tied for Bruce Murray for the seventh all-time on the U.S. men's national team list. Landon and Clint currently tied. Currently, I say. They're they're just tied on top of the list because they're not playing anymore. On 57 goals. And now with 12 World Cup qualifying goals, he's tied Eddie Johnson, EJ, for fourth on the U.S. men's national team list. So I just want to know from you guys, do you think Christian Pulisic will eclipse Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan at the top of this scoring list with 57 goals? Now, it took Clint 141 caps to get 57 goals. It took Landon 157 caps to get the 57 goals. Christian has got 21 goals on 47 caps. Charlie, I'll come to you first. Do you think Pulisic will be our all-time leading scorer by the end of his career? Oof. Because what it comes down to is health. Mm. If he's healthy... And, and he doesn't play in friendlies either. If he plays in friendlies <laughs> and he's healthy, I, I think he has a really good shot at, at beating the, the record. But again, nothing's a given in this game. Nothing. And you have to have the, the desire, the attitude throughout to keep that hunger throughout because he's already reached levels that both Landon and Clint didn't in, in the club mm-hmm. in the club perspective, right? So if you if he continues to play and he wins Champions League, and he's doing all these things, is the national team always going to be important to him and central, right? That's another question. Is he going to stay healthy enough to play in all these friendlies and games that are going to be coming up? I do think if he does, he will he will eventually take take the record. 
What's interesting is if you extrapolate him, he's on 47 caps. If you times that by three, he'll be have the same amount of caps as Clint Dempsey, but he'll have scored 63 goals if he stays on this current rate. He's averaging 0.4 goals per game. Keith, what do you say? Yeah, I agree with Charlie. I think that's that's the, the thing about Clint and Landon that put them in that position is the longevity of their national team careers is mm-hmm. is being on the field. I don't remember a long period other than Landon's sabbatical uh, that he wasn't healthy and in the national team. I don't remember a long period where Clint Dempsey wasn't healthy and in the national team until they both decided that they were done with the national team. You know, they they that that I think is the the. Uh, and I said this recently on 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 one of our pods, Jimmy, is like, you know, the world's best athletes aren't just the best athletes. Their bodies are the best compensators, you know. They're, mm-hmm. they're able to just continuously rebuild themselves in real time that keep them available um, and and fit and on the field. Now, I also think Christian Pulisic is at an, an earnings level that if he decided that he wanted to build a team around him that took care of his body 24 hours a day. I played with Thierry Henry. He had... Uh, his own trainer in the locker room. He had a trainer that came to his house at night. He had people around him. He had infrastructure that was built to sort of maintain him, similar that we're seeing to Ronaldo, Tom Brady, all these top athletes that have a team of people, uh, like mm-hmm. top tennis players do. They travel with a team. Then I think that can help in his career. I think he's in that that level of stardom and wealth that he could – and there are certain things you can't control, right? Injury, some people are just a little more breakable than others. But if he had that level of professionalism and was willing to invest in his future, then I certainly think he breaks the record. What's interesting, and there's a good comment there from Felix who said, well, we don't have any qualifying games heading into the next World Cup. And I'm like, what? That's going to set him up to play technically easier, less pressure games. But we're going to have a bunch of friendlies. It's not like we're not going to play at all. So there could be but room could for him to score a bunch play. of if, if, I mean, if he could play against Solomon guy. Islands. I mean, he could play against Solomon Islands, okay? Oceana expert. And he could score seven on him, and all of a sudden he's yeah. No, going, no, I'll no, tell you right now, gonna, he's, he's injury prone. They're going to say, "Hey, why? Let's keep him at why, his why club risk him against Sullivan Island? Risk him the travel no, and all that type or, of stuff." Or, or because you don't have World Cup qualifiers, all your friendlies are against Spain, Italy, Brazil, Argentina. Yeah, that's fair. That's know, fair. And those those are the games you're not scoring boatloads of goals. And Christian is. You know, you look at Clint Dempsey, how he was able to kind of catch up uh, to Landon and close that distance and, and almost pass him is because towards the end of his career, he moved up to a number nine. Mm-hmm. Christian will never move up to a, to as a number nine, you know, just because of his. Uh, right. His, point. his big, Great right? point. So I think when you, you look at Landon, that's the more comparable uh, player be just because of their style and their, their size and mm-hmm. the way they play the game. I think Christian could be a, a, a striker in a two two forward system, but I don't see that happening because we look at how the game has changed. Right. So he's yep. going to have to yeah. stay healthy and be a winger or an attacking midfielder and, and continue to score goals against those those opponents where you know you, you're going to get opportunities like a, a Panama, a Trinidad, and right, especially when you're playing at home. I, I want to give a shout out to Landon Donovan because 57 goals, but he also leads the men's national team in 58 assists. 57 goals and 58 assists and 157 caps. That is pretty ridiculous. Pulisic only has nine assists so far through his 47 games. All right. We got into that conversation. I wanted to lean into it. wanted to get your guys' thoughts on whether he can do it or not. I don't know if he's going to do it, uh, all things considered. I think he'll score some big goals for us during his career, but I don't know if he's going to eclipse 57 at the top. Let's get into our starting lineups. Hey, before that, put, by the way, I, I, Jimmy, on, on those goals, I was just I was just counting it in real time, and it's really giving me a headache. He scored, I think, 33 of those against CONCACAF opponents. Uh, Clint Dempsey did. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not sure what Landon's numbers are, but 33 of his uh, 57. whatever 57 were were against 
uh, and a couple of them multi goal games against your Guatemalas, your your uh, Honduras. Says he's got they all count, of, right, Charlie? Re, 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 uh, <laughs> they all count. Um, Take advantage but, of but, it. But to go to Charlie's point, whether those are Gold Cups where you can really where you can really get on a, on on a run because you can get six games and and really have perhaps a, an unbalanced schedule you can get a cuba at home or somebody like that that no disrespect to them or a barbados or whoever it is they're all getting better the whole region is getting much better than it was before but if you're a striker and you can open up that you can you can rack up a few but wanted to point that out to charlie's to charlie's point that you could play only spains or you could play against your regional opponents or who knows where it's going to be but you certainly need a balance to be able to get those goal scoring opportunities sorry jimmy uh, no, no worries. And then also, I should add to the Linden, Linden, the Landon versus Clint debates. Uh, Clint only had 21 assists. So if you're trying to do that, compare and contrast. I think they're both special players, and we were lucky to have them for so long on the national team. But uh, maybe a conversation for another pod down the line. All right, Charlie, I'm going to come to you first. I put Heath on the hot seat. So the last time we asked for some projected lineups, and and uh, you know, if we started uh, the World Cup tomorrow, who would we go with? Who are you going with if you're Greg Berhalter against Costa Rica? knowing that we just can't lose by six goals to qualify for the World Cup? It's, an, an, it's, a, it's a tough question. I think it comes down to how many of these guys are, are struggling after the mm -hmm. performance first um, Panama at home because at the end of the day, you need guys who are, who are fresh. As much as we want everyone to play, so I think Shaq Moore comes off because he, he looked like he was struggling with the hamstring, and, and it's an easy replacement because DeAndre Yedlin was your starter in the first match against Mexico. So can, I ask you, can I ask you about Shaq Moore while we're on him real quick, Charlie? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I don't want to belabor this point too much, but has he increased his status in the national team as a potential backup? Um, yeah. because I, I thought his performance was pretty solid. Yeah, yeah he, he definitely increased his, his – uh, I think value. There were four we deep about. there now, and yes. at least two aren't coming from that group. At least two. So yeah. I definitely think he he increased his value because you look at Serginio Dest, he can play on the right and the left. That hurts the, the outside backs opportunities because you have you know players who are flexible who can play on both sides. Kellen Acosta is another player who can play right back and Tyler Adams. So you're only going to take two. That's it because you know you can you can maybe. Uh, yeah, because you have the flexibility. Mm -hmm. So I think he comes back into the lineup, Yedlin. I would keep Zimmerman on just because he's just an absolute beast on set pieces. In Costa Rica, their strength is set pieces. Miles mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Robinson, he came off. Aaron Long came on. I don't think Aaron Long is quite up to the, the speed of the international game. I think he's done a tremendous job in Major League Soccer so far to start this year with the New York Red Bulls. I would, I would start Miles Robinson again. Anthony Robinson, he's a machine. You play him again, he, he starts. Musa mm -hmm. has looked tired, and he looked tired at the end of the Mexico game. That's the player I would rotate out. Now, whether you play Gio Reyna there or you keep Luca De La Torre there and you, you pair him with Tyler Adams is 100% on the field, on the pitch. Yeah. And so it's either Kellen Acosta who goes in at the – for, for Musa or Gio Reyna. At the right wing, Timothy Weah comes back in. I would keep Jesus Ferrer there, and Christian Pulisic is, is your starter. Okay, I like that. Heath, what are you saying? I want your lineup, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I like going Okay, fine. I'll say, I'll say, uh, oh, man, Nick and goalkeeper. Um, man, I would really like to give Horvath a run out, but, but I'll probably stay with Stefan, just for at least for the first 45 minutes. I want to kind of use that as my context and my preface. Mm -hmm that this is my lineup for 45 minutes. And I think based on how it looking, how it's looking, 
we can bring in five subs, which I think is is uh, a lot, which is nice. But I'll go with uh, Yedlin uh, right back. Um, I'll say Walker. I think he he's he seems a little bit more vocal in terms of organization than maybe Miles is at this current moment. I think Miles will get there and, and definitely be a little bit more of a presence vocally. But it seems like Walker does a lot of that organizing, and I really like how they've been holding their line. I could see Walker and Aaron Long being paired just for the reasons that Charlie said he came in as a sub for Miles. Maybe they wanted to see what that looked like. And then uh, I like Anthony Robinson. I think I keep that the same, but consider maybe bringing on George Bello at halftime if you want. In midfield, I'll go with Acosta. I'll let Adams, I'll let Adams chill. Acosta knows the deal. He's been here before. He's got a plenty of experience. I'll go De La Torre again, and I'll put Reyna in the middle of the field. I'd like to see Gio. It's just to see what that looks like. Then Wea on the right, Ferrer up top, and Pulisic on the left. Okay. I'm, uh, to make it, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Stefan just because these are valuable games to keep Stefan yeah. on the field just because he doesn't play for City. That any game that I can get him is a is a game that I think makes him better um, as as a player. If he's looking healthy, he looked like he had a few weird little movements yesterday. That that uh, one getting hit to that little hamstring movement that he had. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with. Uh, Yedlin back on the field, left back uh, Jedi, just because I, I think it's just still the smart thing to continue to get him games if he's feeling good. Center back pairing, I'm going to go with uh, Aaron Long and Zimmerman. I, I, I sub out Aaron Long probably in the 50th or 60th, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give Eric Palmer Brown another run next to, yeah, to Zimmerman. Uh, just, just, again, not to rush him back too much, not knowing the circumstances, but if not, then you can you can always default back to, to Miles Robinson if you have to. I'm going with Acosta, uh, Luca De La Luca De La Torre and uh, oh man, I don't know what what was what was another uh, what was yeah, yeah Busio could be there. I had Reyna. Um, man, you, you have yeah. some other options like that could potentially play there. Yeah, I mean, Busio did come in. Yeah, I could I could see Busio, but I feel like again De La Torre and Busio on a defensive day not my favorite lineup. But I'm going to go with De La Torre just in terms of form that he's yeah, in sure, right now. Sure. Costa and yeah, I could see there being a, a, a shout for uh, Gio Reyna into that spot, a place to get him. But also allow you to have your Ariola or a. Uh, I'm going Ariola, Jordan Morris, keeping keeping um, keeping Pulisic in in the hole. Just knowing again another injury concern for him. This many minutes, can we can we use him or save him if we had to? Jamo Smooth coming in. All yeah, right. yeah, I could see that. And then sorry, not Ariola. I see Timo Weah coming back in on the right, and then and then Jesus Ferreira up top. Got it. Yeah, I, I like I like the Jordan Morris shout just because you're talking about counterattacks. And Costa Rica is going to throw everything forward to try and get an early goal and see if they can get in the game early. Yeah. I think within 45 minutes, you'll know what where they stand. Yeah. Are they trying to go for the game? Are they throwing everything forward? Or are they complacent with just competing right. and saving their guys for, for that World Cup qualifier? Yeah, the first 10 or 15 minutes, and even their starting lineup for Costa Rica is going to be very intriguing. So I'm excited to see what they roll out and to see what we roll out. If you want to give us your lineups, hit us up in the comments right now. Or if you're listening to this on podcast form, hit us up at ISWT pod on Twitter. Who do you want to see start in this game against Costa Rica? Knowing that uh, it's going to take a pretty big miracle for Costa Rica to get an automatic spot for us to fall into fourth. But still, we haven't automatically qualified. And before we step into the other games that are happening here on the last match day of CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, I want to give a shout out to our sister podcast, the Attacking Third They are debuting a new weekly live show on the YouTubes dedicated to the women's national team. So join Lisa Roman and former U.S. women's national team midfielder Lori Lindsay at 4 p.m. Eastern today for the very first episode, the world premiere of the U.S. women's national team hour 
as they discuss all things United States women's national team. I am definitely liking and subscribing that channel moving forward. It should be a lot of fun. I love Lori and Lisa and all of their insight. The Attacking Third is a tremendous podcast as well. Just wanted to give them a shout out. We wish them the best of luck as they continue to grow. That audience, a very passionate audience for the U.S. women's national team. And uh, there's some stuff going on in NWSL, too, between Ashlyn Harris, Nellie Krieger, and Trinity Rodman. I mean, I oh, love yeah. what's happening it's right great. there. I'm here it's for great. it, man. I'm I got plenty of it. time for it. I got plenty of time Same. for it. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, so we got three games here. Panama versus Canada, dead game. Panama's eliminated. Canada already qualified. Not much to say there. I think, I don't know who they're going to roll out. Probably just going to be smart there. Jamaica-Honduras, another dead game. We'll see how it goes and who, who <laughs> plays game. and who gets. Dead game. I mean, it's dead. There's just nothing to play for. But these guys, I guess, are still now trying to prove that they should be part of the, the national team moving forward, especially with 2026 now going to be on the horizon as they look to really set what the core and, and, and culture is going to be of these respective teams. So there's a lot to play for, for some individual players, but in terms of its implications on the table, doesn't mean much. So let's talk about Mexico versus El Salvador. Heath, I'm going to come to you first. Mexico just need a draw against mm-hmm. El Salvador, but El Salvador, we can't sleep on them. They're pretty plucky. They're, they're, they're tough to beat. They, they did have a little bit of questionable defending against Costa Rica at home to lose two one, but they fought back after giving up that good first goal. And there is something to them, that, and I appreciate what Hugo Perez, their manager, has done with the team. They've given them an identity, given them a spirit. They're really well organized, and, and I like what he's done. Do you think they have enough to potentially get something at Azteca, knowing that, and I'm saying a win at this point, because that's the only thing that can really hurt Mexico. If they get a draw, they've automatically qualified. Now, Mexico, struggling. We talked a little bit about it last night. They don't really have a 10. They got Charlie Rodriguez. They got Herrera. They got Edson Alvarez, who started the last two games. I, I probably mix up the team a little bit. Hopefully get some younger, more vibrant, looking-to-go-forward type players outside of the three sixes that they got sitting in midfield. But that front three of Tecatito, Chucky Lozano, and Raul Jimenez must be starving for that type of service so they get the balls in good spots so they can do their thing. What do you expect out of this game, Heath Pierce? Well, with all the games kicking off at the same time, I would just say that that you know Mexico don't want to play the goal difference game either, that if they compete in the way that they they will, I don't see them really giving up a whole lot to El Salvador. El Salvador doesn't. I, I'm always confused with El Salvador's approach. It's gotten a little bit less clear to me over time throughout the World Cup qualifying. They seemed very hard to score against early on, but as it's gone on, it just seemed a little bit more. You know, they were a little bit better when Eric Zavaleta came on in the last game, but still just giving up chances that that uh, I think are are pre- preventable. You know, a little bit mm-hmm. uh, kind of just shutting off that like classic CONCACAF shut off for one second, a team punishes you. And so I don't really see them having the ability to do that. Now, 
if, if, if it was a must win, I would be a little bit worried for Mexico. But the fact that they just need to draw, that's the part that I think is just the real uh, deal for them is that they can just they can play a little bit more rhythmic. They can take their time. They can wait for their moments. And I think that will actually lead to them probably scoring multiple goals in this game and winning pretty comfortably. Multiple goals. Charlie, do you agree with the sentiments of Heath Pierce? Wow. Well, Mexico needs to win because they don't want to be put in that position. And it's obviously not a guarantee for them either. I'd like to see them try and figure out a way to get Diego Linez on the pitch. Mm-hmm. That Uriel Antuna has also looked mm-hmm. pretty good with, with Cruz Azul. So figuring out a way, even though he's not a, a finished product, he still creates chances. It feels like Mexico's missing that player who's just going to be a little bit fearless in the way he plays and just run at opponents and get in behind. It's almost like they're waiting for that perfect opportunity. And when you look at how Chucky Lozano plays – He's always waiting for that ball over the top and mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of sometimes being a little bit more proactive and getting the ball early and dribbling at players, seeing what we, you know, a combination play, a lot of that's missing in the front three. I don't know if that's due to Raul Jimenez not yet quite up to speed. He looks a little bit slow or off a step. And the midfield, again, is, is weak. They're missing that bite and they're missing the, the direction. Edson Alvarez is great with IX, but he's just – he, he does his job and that's it. I think with Mexico, he's asked to do too much. So they, they need to figure out a dynamic. I think it yeah. might mean a whole system change, to, to be honest. And they have to figure out ways to get Linez and, and Antuna on the field because those players give you something different. And that might be just what they need to get them going, to give them that spark. Yeah, I don't think that Tata Martino is going to roll out the same 11 three games in a row. I think obviously he's a little smarter than that, and that's been proven. But I think he's going to stay true to his brand, which is it's not going to be aesthetically pleasing. They're probably going to squeak out some 1-0 results, even though they might have deserved to win by more goals. And people are still going to want Tata out, even though he got him qualified for the World Cup. That just seems to be the narrative. And, I mean, remember when that guy, we were talking so highly, that guy, he won 23 out of their first 25 games, and everybody was loving Tata Martino and how quickly that changes, that narrative changes. I just don't see him changing too much. But I think to your point, Charlie, it would be nice to see just some some diversity in their midfield, right? They have three guys that kind of do the same thing. Let, let's see a proper eight. Let's see a number 10 in there and see if that unlocks a few things. It's a good opportunity for them to try it. I just don't think Tata Martino is going to do it. He seems super stubborn, and I kind of respect how stubborn he, he appears. Oh, Jimmy, and and qualifying, by the way, Tata has only got, he's only got two losses. The U.S. has two losses. He's got four draws. So does Canada. So does the U.S. He's only lost to the two teams above them. It's a really, I guess I know, it is Mexico when the standards are high, but like you, all three teams at the top right now have had really good campaigns. It just so happens that there's a few teams that had really bad campaigns that allowed everybody to take points off of them. But um, yeah. Okay, okay, so I'm going to go predictions. I'll go first for the two, two games, Mexico, El Salvador, and Costa Rica, U.S. I will say 1-0 Mexico for all the reasons I just mentioned. And then in the Costa Rica, U.S., I'll, I'll say 1-1. I think it'll just be uh, – let's not get anybody hurt. We don't need to get any yellow cards. Let's just be smart here. And, yeah. and uh, if we score first, I, th- I think Costa Rica will, will punch back and make it 1-1, and then it won't go anywhere. Those, those are my two results. Heath, what are you saying? I'm going to say 1-1 also, Costa Rica-US. Uh, I, I wanted to say 0-0 because I don't think Costa Rica is going to expose themselves. And then yeah, Mexico, yeah. I'm going to say a, a convincing 3-0 win just to sort of stamp their way in. All right. Well, that would uh, bring a smile to Tata Martino's face. Maybe people would get off his back for one, one post game. And Chuck, how about you? I'm going to go 1-0 US in Costa Rica. Ooh, I love it. And I think I'm going to go 2-0 Mexico over El Salvador. 
That's solid. I like the Dos Acero shot with Mexico. I, I will say, because especially if El Salvador is trying to get back in the game, they could leave themselves open to a counter. Chucky Lozano is very good at finding those pockets of space. The 1-0 in Costa Rica, though, would make history. We've never won a World Cup qualifier in Costa Rica before. So hopefully from your lips to the soccer god's ears, I want to see that happen. But guys, that is it. That is another episode of In Soccer. We trust. I appreciate Heath. I appreciate Chuck, I appreciate producer Alex and producer Des for all the hard work that they're doing behind the scenes. And of course, we appreciate all the people that are watching and loving the content and hitting like and subscribe and following us on podcast form or on the YouTubes. You guys are the very best. And we will see you next time for our recap of Costa Rica versus Estados Unidos in the last game of CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. We are so close to going there and we're going to be celebrating, hopefully, in a really big, positive way after that game. So we'll see you then. Thank you for watching. Hasta luego, muchachos. Hasta luego, muchachos. I got you, man. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.